You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rouse. We should be up and running pretty soon. We apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rouse. We should be up and running pretty soon. 
we apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rouse. We should be up and running pretty soon. We apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Noor Rahm. The FBI is taking the lead into Friday's mass shooting at a high school in Santa Fe, Texas. Ten people were killed. A 17-year-old student is in custody. Nicholas Pohl represents the suspect. He says the family of Dimitris Pogorchis is shocked and confused by the attack. They did not see this coming. They had no idea when the... Uh, when the incident started, they were as worried about their kid as everybody else was. All schools in the Santa Fe district will remain closed through Tuesday. Hawaiian authorities are reporting the first major injury from this month's eruption of the Kilauea volcano. They say the man, man with series was struck by splashing lava, seriously injuring his leg. The state is also bracing for the economic impact of the volcano. Hawaii County Managing Director Will Okabe says Hawaii is facing lost income and increased costs. Fire, police, and many of the essential workers are working 12-hour shifts. So that uh, overtime cost may run into the millions. But officials stress that flights in and out of Hawaii have not been affected and most tourist activities are still available. The Starbucks coffee chain says it's introducing a new standardized policy to allow anyone to sit in its cafes or use the restroom. Tom Bonsi of the Northwest News Network reports. Starbucks management told its employees in a letter Saturday to treat any person who enters a cafe as a customer. The updated policy is meant to clear up doubts or vagueness about whether non-paying guests can use the restroom or linger at tables. In Philadelphia five weeks ago, the manager called police on two black men who asked to use the restroom while they were waiting for a meeting. They hadn't ordered anything at that point. The arrest of the men was captured on video and blew up into a major embarrassment for the coffee company. 
The new guidance applies to all 8,000 cafes operated by Seattle-based Starbucks in the U.S. On May 29th, Starbucks plans to close all of its cafes for the afternoon so that workers can attend anti-bias training. For NPR News, I'm Tom Bonsi in Seattle. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan is holding an election rally in Sarajevo today. He's campaigning for votes of Turkish expatriates across Europe. BBC's Danny Eberhardt has more. Turkey's elections next month will mark a significant constitutional change. Who emerges as president will enjoy significantly enhanced powers, sanctioned by a referendum last year that Recep Tayyip Erdogan himself proposed. He's the favorite to win. Critics have accused him of undermining democratic values in Turkey, and his presence on the election trail in Europe is not universally welcomed. Germany said it wouldn't allow a rally this close to Turkey's elections. Austria and the Netherlands have similarly ruled out the prospect. An estimated 20,000 Turks from across the continent are expected to attend in Sarajevo. The BBC's Danny Eberhardt. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side... Hi, before we get to our guests and the jokes tonight, I want to take a moment because, as you know, we had another school shooting today, this time in Santa Fe, Texas. At least 10 people were killed, 10 people are wounded, mostly high school kids. And once again, our leaders are sending their thoughts and prayers. President Trump said he is with the people of Santa Fe in this tragic hour and will be with them forever, except for when it comes time to do something, then he will not be with them. And Neither will any of the Congress people or governors who don't ever do anything because they're fearful that will hurt them politically. They know the truth. They know this has gone too far, but they're too cowardly to do the right thing. They care more about the support of the NRA than they do about children. So they sit there with their hands in their pockets, pockets that are full of gun money, and they do nothing. They just wait for the outrage to pass. We often talk a lot about impugning members. But I want to spend some time on the floor today talking about how a member of this chamber really impugned a private citizen, an educator, because they chose to stand up for teachers and students. I read an op-ed titled, Red for Ed, Leaders Are Not As Partisan As They Claim, written by Representative Maria Sims, and was very disappointed and deeply offended by the language used in this article. The article attempts to discredit this teacher because he may have introduced lyrics in the classroom written by a black entertainer. This article attempts to discredit this teacher because he takes inspiration from a black civil rights activist. This is not about the Middle East more secure. It's not about making the United States more secure. It's not about making sure that we don't have yet another generation of American kids dying in Middle Eastern wars. It's all about Donald Trump being able to score a point, ephemeral though it may be in the news cycle, and to position himself for the midterm elections. Where does this stop? Are we gonna start treating all Muslim Americans differently? And if we fall into the trap of painting all Muslims with a broad brush and, Im- and imply that we are at war with an entire religion, then we are doing the terrorist work for them. We've been trying to figure out 
Mr. Trump since he declared his candidacy. He's taken 32 new stances on 13 different issues since his election and counting. After taking 141 policy positions on 23 issues as a candidate, what actually guides him? Perhaps the 45th president does seem to have one consistent philosophy. He'd like to dismantle the legacy of the 44th president. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is May 20th, 2018. You're tuned to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. At his best, and of course, like the man said, I'm Jay. Thank you so much for being patient and spending your Sunday morning with us. It's a gorgeous day outside. Hopefully, the weather's great in your neck of the woods. But as always, I never sure the stays by myself. Let me introduce you to one of my dearest friends, sister. Uh, I love her to death. This one means more to me than she can ever, 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 ever know. My colleague. My sister, the one and only Miss Vanessa Maybelly from the Macanelli. Hey, Vanessa. Good morning, my brother. Good morning, Jay. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday to you as well. Thank you so much for being here. No problem. Thank you so much for being here. Mr. Elias, uh, the man who gets the first and last word, he is uh, out doing what he does during this time of the year. If you've been following the show for years, you know in May, he's the uncle that's on the road heading to graduations all across America. So who knows, Mr. Elias may be coming to a city near you, but he's out. He'll be out for the next few weeks. Dr. <laughs> Prince Odia is traveling. But, uh, <laughs> Kathleen Williams is uh, on her way back from Sweden, but uh, she's trying to tune in through the chat room, so hopefully we can get that up and running, and you guys know when Mr. Elias is not here, man, I am back here like, <laughs> so I'm trying to get the chat room open, so please be patient with me in regards to that, and usually our colleague Jerome Spree joins us after uh, his uh, commitment with Clear Channel Radio, and our resident texter Johnny D usually checks in throughout the show, and it looks like our director of social media uh, outreach is in the house, let's say good morning to the very lovely Jackie, Jackie, what's going on? Hi, how's everybody doing? Good morning, Miss Jackie. Outstanding. Just letting you know I'm in the chat room. I just refreshed enough when I'm in the chat room, but I but I'm calling to be on with you the time that I have to. Okay, sounds good. Okay, by all means, this is a, it's a family affair in the words of Sly Stone. <laughs> chat room looks like it's open. I didn't open it, but hey, maybe Mr. Yeah, Doing something from a okay from a remote location. Yeah, All right, you can get in contact with us. All right, so you can call at three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You can also uh, tune into the show. You can go into the world famous chat room. You can listen from all different types of social media outlets and websites. You just need to get the education and get the information. So we are glad that you are in the house. A lot to get into this morning, as always. So let me give you the rundown and the breakdown of what's happening. A lot to get into. We had first up on the agenda, we're going to talk about the deadly shootings here in the state of Texas. We're going to talk about that whole situation. Who's to blame for that? We're going to have that conversation. Also, we're going to talk about 
something that happened in Arizona that's flying under the radar. But this will give you an opportunity to see what type of world we live in. This is Trump's America. We're going to talk about two state senators in Arizona. They were rebuked for something that they said. I know the audio was a little tough to hear, so hopefully we can get a better quality for you. Second sense, you can exact, you can hear exactly what was going on. Plus, we're going to end the show with the systematic dismantling of the Obama presidency, the 45th president is trying to erase the 44th president. We'll take a deep dive into that as well. Once again, 347-850-1272. But like I said, as promised, let's start off with the deadly shootings in Texas. Uh, Ten people were killed in Texas this past week in a little town 30 miles outside of of Houston, Texas. Um, Unfortunately, nine students and one adult lost their lives when a 17-year-old gunman walked into an high school uh, with a trench coat on, long gun, revolver, and began shooting people. And when they asked this young man why did he do it, he simply said he shot people that he didn't like. And unfortunately, one of the victims is a Pakistani uh, exchange student, so I can't imagine what their, her parents are thinking today. Let me start with you, Vanessa, since you're right here in the mix. Um, you, you know, it's, just, it's almost getting to the point, Vanessa, where these shootings are becoming an accepted part of our society. What say you? At first, Jay, when it happened, I, and it broke in, I said, why are they breaking in on Santa Fe, New Mexico, in the Houston's news? You know, I, I swear I wouldn't have never thought that happened that close to our house, because it's like 42 minutes from my house. I think it's 36 miles. So I wouldn't have ever thought. So as I look at it, and they're telling us that they're locked down, that the certificate on Facebook, I cannot believe that that is this close to home. But, you know, stuff happens. I don't know why I'm surprised because this is the 22nd school shooting this year in the United States that is reported. So I don't know why I was surprised, but it has really got the governor. You know, people talk out one side of their mouth, but it has really gotten the governor and these other officials here, crews, they are in a uproar in Houston. So I want to see uh, if these governors and these senators and congresspeople who have stepped up and called a meeting for this week, they said they want to talk to the parents, the children, and all the officials to see what it is that they can do that it doesn't happen in Texas, like it, again, like it has in other states. Now, I don't, you know, hey, they can talk out the side of their mouth just like everybody else does because when it, the bottom line is, the gun people are the ones that are backing the Republicans, okay? So I want to see if they're going to do like these other states and talk out of one side of their mouth and don't do anything. So we were at a gathering last night, Bobby and I, and do you know, Jay, one of the teachers that was at the gathering, she told us that they had started uh, putting up, um, it was a different school district, it wasn't HISD, that they were starting to put this thing up, Jay, when you're walking in, that it would detect uh, metal on you. And it's for the visitor section. I said, why are they putting the metal detector thing up in the visitor section entering into the school instead of the door where the children are entering into the school? And she started clapping her hands at the party. People was looking at her in the kitchen. We was like, what? She said, that's what the teachers keep telling them. Why are y'all trying to check the visitors coming in with the guns when it's the children coming in with the guns? So they need to put that, that detector at the door where the kids come in. 
Ain't that crazy? Well, you know, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, you know, when you talk about um, the uh, uh, the metal detectors metal and, and things of that nature, you know, yeah, you talk about you know state legislators and you know it's the same old song, Jackie. It's like, oh my God, we're going to do a better job, and and you know we need to do this, we need to do that. But as you heard in the intro, you heard Jimmy Kimmel, and he called it what it was. You know what these guys do is they wait until the situation passes. Right, and then they'll come back. You know, it's like, hey, we're gonna to continue to get support from the NRA. We don't care. Listen, we'll give our thoughts and prayers and all these wonderful things. But at the end of the day, when this this too will come to pass, and we'll move on. But like Vanessa just said, you talk about the number of shootings we've had in 2018. More people, more school kids have died here this year than U.S. service members in combat. Worldwide. So when you look at these numbers, Jackie, what our politicians are doing is just totally ridiculous, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. What say you? It, yeah, you got that right. I mean, never mind the the usual with the backing of the uh, of the NRA to death. But now, the first time in history, we have a president of the United States with sowing seeds of discord. Of rateship pensions and everything else. So big shocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah this, this is just the beginning of more stuff to come with them. When, I mean, this has got to be the first time in history we have had a president of the United States sowing seeds of discord on purpose. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just right they can destroy anything that that's of common sense. Like. Yeah, it's unfortunate we have a guy like that in the White House. Uh, let's bring in the smartest man in the world, my colleague, my brother, the one and only Mr. Jerome Street from Radio.net, and the man who brings you every week on a need-to-know basis. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good morning, Jerome. Listen, this whole thing. Hi, Jerome. Hey, hey, how are you? How are you? Wait, is right, that so L.E.S. and Mr. Sister? Elias, not there? No, no, Mr. Elias is Mr. Elias is not here this morning. Uh, okay. You know, you're talking about the, the Texas shootings, and you know, here's a couple of things I want to talk about, and I want to, you know, and once again, when things like this happen, you know, the first person that comes to my mind really is you, because I think about, okay, what are you going to say on this Sunday, this this week's show about some of these things, and you know, we're here to, you know, people are talking about this kid who shot all these people, and look, I believe that this guy should be condemned. You know, I'm, you know, we're not going to say his name on the show because I, don't, I think that's one of the reasons why they do this is because they want to be sensationalized. We're not going to do it here. But here's my question, man, and this is where we talk about, you know, I always say talking about digging in the crates. I want to take a deeper dive here. What I mean by that is, yeah, we can talk about gun control. We can talk about legislation to change gun laws and all those great things. But, you know, one of the reports that came out, Jerome, was that this kid was bullied, that he was bullied, and that, you know, and you know how kids can be. Kids can be, merc- you know, merciless when they do these things. Should we start looking at those types of campaigns? Because, you know, back in the day when we got, look, I got bullied when I was in school. But, you know, the thing for me was it's like, okay, 
You got bullied, you know, last day of school. It's going to be a fight. You try to figure out a way to get home or try to get out to school from a different interest because you know it's going to be on last day of school. But mm-hmm. nowadays, these kids have guns. These kids are, they are taking no prisoners. If you want to jack with me, then guess what? I'm going to go and get my parents' gun, and I'm going to blow you away. Should we be looking at those aspects of this, Jerome? A little bit more than, than, you know, we can talk about gun legislation, but shouldn't we be focusing and concentrating on that as well? Uh, no. I think we, really? like you said, no. No, this is, these are, oh, wow. okay, so we've all, you know, we've all been kids. We've all had to deal with that. I've actually, you know, I have little stories, even some junior high school, of stepping into some kid who was getting bullied. Then, the, you know, then of course I'm gonna have to fight the bully. You know what I mean? Like then it was conflict between me and him just because I wouldn't let him beat up somebody. Who, you know what I mean? Like that stuff is is a little bit different than some dude coming to school intentionally killing people that he said he doesn't like. It doesn't sound like it's, it's bullying. He sounds like he's making up an excuse. So don't get sidetracked on this fool saying making up excuse why he shot who he shot because if you look at the people who he shot the Pakistani uh, um, child and all the other folks, and him having neo-Nazi stuff on his on his social Thank media you. and make America great again, that kind of stuff. We need to deal with white supremacy and little white kids because technically this is where our school shootings are coming from. And I am telling you that if it was a black kid, they'd lock down every black kid and start shooting them from left to right even if they was playing softball, baseball, hockey, they'd be like, I'm scared that this black kid is going to shoot me, so I shot him first. But every time it's one of them, and that's the primary source of all of our school shooting, shootings, every time it's one of them, they're like, it's mental illness, he was bullying, he was feeling bad for himself, his parents didn't lock his gut. Like, we make all kinds of excuses for people. And I don't want to do that on this program because I hear that on everybody else's program um, who are covering for their own kids. But they can't, they're the only ones who can't see that. Black people are extremely hard on other black folks and black people do stuff. And mm-hmm. it, it, it may seem like I usually pull back because I know as a community we are hard on ourselves. You know, people hate Cosby, for example, right? Nobody even pays attention to Woody Allen. Don't nobody pay attention to that guy. That, I can't even think of his name from Seventh Heaven or or um, Roman Polanski and all that. White folks don't hate them. We, we we are extremely hard on our folks, but we can't stay focused when they have something that's primarily in their community happening, and it can affect us. But it is primarily them. And they won't even they won't even address it or even look at it or deal with it or talk about it because that has something to do with supremacy that they feel like they're infallible. It was some other reason. It was abomination. He was mentally ill. They want to make up excuses, but they need to deal with that. And we can't cover for them. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Vanessa, I heard you wanted to get in. Go ahead. You know, when they get on TV and say, we just didn't see anything abnormal with him. Yeah, he's an honorable exactly. kid. He's good in football. And when they, but wait, what, what, 
y'all think it's normal to wear a trench coat in 84-degree weather to school? Y'all think yeah. that's normal? See, none of my child couldn't have walked out that house. Okay, y'all. When my daughter was in middle school, she used to wear black a lot. And I went to her and I said, are you okay? Do I need to put you in counseling? Well, she said, what are you talking about? I said, all you wear is black. Are you depressed? I mean, this was, y'all, 20 years ago. My child wore too much black. I had to question her. Something wrong with you? You all right? Is it, do I just put you in counseling because you're wearing black? Okay. So if that was 20 years ago, and they weren't even doing shootings and stuff like that then, these parents who are looking at these children walk out the house in trench coats are crazy not to let me ask this child, is this something wrong with you? Why are you wearing that trench coat that's 80 degrees outside? They said that was normal for you that You bring kid. up a good point. All Wait. Right. You bring, up a good, you bring up a good point, Vanessa. You bring up a good point. And the reason why I say that is this, is that when you look at, here's the thing, and this is the other question on the table I wanted to try to get in before the end of the, end of the segment. And I'm sorry it was a short segment because of the technical difficulties we had at the top. But I really want to try to talk about this as well. You know, what, should, the guy, should this young man's father be charged? Because as a gun owner, you should be responsible. Yes. He got yes. his guns yes. from his daddy's closet or from wherever. Should his daddy be charged for this murder for these for these murders? Yes. Yeah. That's why he got his it's own a, attorney. It's a simple thing as a That's lot. why he's already got his own attorney, Jake. Already got their own attorney. They're not talking. They had a cousin to do a statement of condolences, but they said they're trying to get it together mentally uh, right now because they don't understand what's going on in their family. You ain't seen that family. They ain't showed a picture of them on the Houston News, and they have already got him an attorney and them an attorney because they know that they should be in trouble for that. Go ahead, Jackie. Yeah, I was just Jackie, saying. Were you trying to say something? I was just saying too that I'm in agreement. He should be charged. It's a certain thing. It's called a lock for your cabinet that you're supposed to have to keep your kids away from the gun. Yeah. What about you, Jerome? What your your thoughts yeah, on I, that? You think the parents should be charged in this? No. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I, the the problem is, is that you know you have a lot of wayward children. I mean, guys, if you charge the parents, I mean, you're, I guess that we're saying that, or I don't want to put anything in anybody else's mouth, but I, I guess for them saying that the gun was unsecure, that that was um, somehow you know the parents are responsible for whatever is in the house. That could be true, but I can't think that they would be responsible for it, the act, right? It's like if they left the keys out and they took a car and ran somebody down, you don't charge them with murder because they left keys out. You know what I mean? Like they didn't actually do it. But I see I see the point. Yeah, but we're talking that, a gun between guns and keys, though, Jerome. I mean, we're talking no, about no, a firearm. No, right? no, no, we can't do that because the, nobody tells you, like, even I don't care what kind of weapon, I don't care if it was a knife. If if somebody does an act, you're asking, do you hold the palace responsible for the acts of your children? And I am saying to you that if we start that, oh, I got a good black, one. I'm saying black folks are going to get locked up beyond anybody else's imagination. Don't believe that they'll ever happen to them. That is bull. Just like Vanessa said, they they ain't even on the news. They ain't going to even show their parents. They are lawyered up. Do you think that a law like that is going to affect any of them? 
I, you know what? I'm I'm against any laws that's gonna have them start rounding Jay, us up. I know Jay want to change the subject, but Jay, what I got to comment on what he said. Yeah, we got to go to break. Go ahead. That, finish. Finish. I, I know. I know. I know. You said that you didn't think the parents mm-hmm. should be held accountable. Well, in the state of Texas, Jerome, I if your that. children don't go to school, oh. don't go to school. Guess who gets? Guess who goes to jail? The parents go to jail oh, if I they know. don't go take them stupid classes or pay five hundred dollars. So if no, you can I, penalize a parent because their children don't go to school, you can penalize a parent for not locking their gun up and letting a crazy kid get it. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that one. Yeah, and I think that that's crazy too. But that's my my cousin um, took her child out <laughs> of crazy. school for wherever they went on vacation or something, and she had to go in for a dog on hearing. And I'm like, what? Yep. Like, how is yep. that? It was a even though you signed that child up and said they will not be in school just because it was X amount of a- uh, absences, they had to go into a hearing. That's that's yep. all I'm saying. Like we get a little crazy in this country about like overextending responsibility. If that child was skipping school, that's a little bit different. If that parent was irresponsible, that's that's different. But you are going to run people through a system unnecessarily. You can't stop your children from skipping school either, though, Jerome. Yeah, you can't. That's my point, though. I'm saying like you can't either way. Your parent, you can do what you can as a parent, but when you go to work and your kid leaves school. They come to your job and lock you up because your kid left? That's kind of wrong. Yeah. And like I said, they'll be applying that who look like us more than anybody else. Yep. Right. All right, three, right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Johnny D has checked in. He says, look, as a nation, we are becoming immune to the mass shootings regardless of location. The fact is America is all in all its greatness is the most violent nation in the world. As a nation, we cringe when we hear about school and church shootings, and rightly so. The reality is that in America, an average of 96 people are killed by guns daily. Wow. This level of violence is a testament to the entitlements in which we enjoy. This is not a black or white thing, so let's not make it as such. Sorry. This week, in this week's edition of... um, Oh, and four minutes or less, something that you need to know. You know, everyone's talking about impeachment, right? Impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to listen to the differences between Republicans and Democrats when Bill Clinton was in the White House versus Donald Trump. I think you know where this is going. It's time for this week's edition of four minutes or less, something that you need to know. We'll talk to you. I expect history will show that we've lowered the bar on impeachment so much. My fear is that when a Republican wins the White House, Democrats will demand payback. This is not just about sex. This is about a president of the United States that on numerous occasions has lied under oath there's a strategy by Bill Clinton and his allies to demonize anybody who gets in their way. It's everybody else's fault and everybody else is to blame, everybody except Bill Clinton, except the president. How with a straight face can you say that this group of Democrat partisans are unbiased and will give President Trump a fair shake? What you have lived through for two and a half long years is the most systematic, deliberate obstruction of justice, cover-up, an effort to avoid the truth we have ever seen in American history. Technically, the President of the United States cannot obstruct justice. The President of the United States is the chief executive officer of the United States. If he wants to fire the FBI director, all he's going to do is fire him. The time has come to say to the Democrats and to say to the President, quit 
undermining the law in the United States. The President of the United States tried to obstruct justice by perpetuating fraudulent testimony. So he's concluded, I think rightly there's no obstruction of justice here. To think otherwise really is silly. Have the accusations of obstruction of justice against the President to warrant impeachment? No. Have the accusations of abuse of power against the President been proven to warrant impeachment? No. I believe now it's time for an impeachment inquiry. I want the House Judiciary Committee to open up an investigation on the obstruction of justice. The Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred of President Clinton, and until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. President Trump's pattern of contempt for justice, his pattern of concerted and inexcusable efforts to shut down the FBI's investigation of his cronies, ties to Russia, and all of that, I think, disgraces the office of president. They hate Bill and Hillary Clinton so much, they will stop at nothing to bring him down. My greatest desire is to lead him right into impeachment. This is indeed a Republican coup d'etat. We've seen obstruction of justice just playing out before our very eyes. If a Republican president had done these things, would a Republican delegation gone to tell him to get out of town? I hope so. I would like to think that we would have done that. If he can show he did not commit obstruction of justice and that he can complete his term. But there are serious allegations that that occurred. And in America, and Supreme Court and the American people believe no one is above the law. In this chamber, we often talk a lot about doing members. But I want to spend some time on the floor today talking about how a member of this chamber, William Hume, a private citizen, an educator, because they chose to stand up for teachers and students. I read a top-ed title, Red for Ed, Leaders Are Not As Partisan As They Claim, written by Representative Maria Sims, and was very disappointed and deeply offended by the language used in this article. The article was sent to this president's teacher because he may have introduced lyrics to the classroom written by a black entertainer. Welcome back here, 347 You listen to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show, which happens every Sunday morning, right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's that. At this time, as always, we take time out to get some information from our social media outreach director, the one and only Jackie. Jackie, the floor is yours, madam. Um, definitely, as I try to remind you every week, to please follow us um, on social media by email. And the way to do that is, of course, you can email us at the suicide at Outlook.com. Once again, that's SiriusSide at Outlook.com. Once again, you can follow us on social media. And like I said, all three pages have the same ending handle, okay? Facebook.com slash groups, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash T-J-R-S-Radio. 
So you can follow us there. You know, you want you have anything to say during the week about the topics that we talk about on the serious side. I started something new yesterday in which I'm going to be calling either Throwback Saturday, Throwback Wednesday, where I will play some of my favorite Saturday or Wednesday editions of the Jay Ryle Show. So if you would like, huh? so if you would like to hear your favorite, if you would like to hear your favorite Saturday or Wednesday edition of the Jay Ryle Show, hit me up and just maybe you'll be hearing your favorite, having your favorite posted on social media. So I welcome you to check out the one that I posted yesterday. <laughs> so look forward to that during the week, okay? Once again, email side at Outlook.com and Facebook.com, Twitter.com, Instagram.com, slash TJRS Radio. And all of the links are in the chat room. Thank you so much. That you know what I'm going to tune in for that. I, I, there's so many. <laughs> I'm hearing so much. Yeah, I don't know where this groundswell is coming shows up. That we did on the Wednesday, oh, Saturday wow. shows. They need to be yeah. replayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't know where this groundswell is coming from. For those of you all who may not know what we're talking about, obviously the Jay Ryle show ran for I don't know. I think for seven years uh, before uh, it uh, shut its doors, turned the mic off back in 2016. But my goodness, I tell you, the, the groundswell for that show, I don't know, you guys are trying to push me to do something. So we'll talk about that. I've digressed. Three, four, seven, eight, five, oh, one, two, seven, two. All right, let's, let's get back to the business at hand. Uh, once again, you guys can join us. Uh, I'm getting uh, messages saying the chat room. I think the chat room is open, guys. Just make your way there. I'm pretty sure you can get in. All right, so let's talk about something that uh, I brought up towards the end of the last segment. And it's about two Arizona lawmakers. They were rebuked for something that they said. And I'm going to try to play this clip. And I know it's kind of hard to hear, but maybe without the background the background audio, maybe it's easier for you to hear. But I want to play what this state senator said in its entirety. And then, you know, and I want you to, I want you to experience exactly what happened. Folks, this is Trump's America, and we're going to give you a taste of it right now, and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. Uh, in this chamber, we often talk a lot about impugning members. But I want to spend some time on the floor today talking about how a member of this chamber really impugn a private citizen, an educator, because they chose to stand up for teachers and students. I read an op-ed titled, Ran for Ed, Leaders Are Not As Partisan As They Claim." written by Representative Maria Sims, and was very disappointed and deeply offended by the language used in this article. The article attempts to discredit this teacher because he may have introduced lyrics in the classroom written by a black entertainer. This article attempts to discredit this teacher because he takes inspiration from a black civil rights activist. This article was sent to discredit this teacher because he admired the professor that taught at a historically black college for women. The more I read, the more I was disappointed that it appears to be okay to use racial slurs about black people in this article. Let me be crystal clear. It's not acceptable to use a racial slur, even if that slur is used as a quote 
No one in this chamber would think it's okay to use the racial slur in print or allow about Jewish, Latino, Asian, Native, LGBTQ, Anglo, or any other group of people. I want to make it crystal clear today that it is not acceptable to use these words in print or allow about African Americans, especially not by elected officials. As representatives of this great state of Arizona, we are held to a higher standard. A standard so high and a standard so strong that we have removed individuals for how they conduct themselves. A standard that we promise to uphold and that we ask the public to invest in. We cannot and must not use our platform as elected officials to attack teachers because we disagree with them. This failed attempt to distract the public away from the fact that funds have been swept from our education system for the past 10 years is sad and disappointing. This won't prevent teachers from walking out to restore school funding. It won't prevent the public from standing up for our children. And it doesn't prevent the call to break. What order has been called? Online radio at its best. Arizona's only two black state Senate legislators were publicly rebuked after they expressed concerns over a colleague's using of the N-word in a published article. Republican State Representative Maria Sims wrote and published the article April 25th uh, on azcentral.com. That's the Arizona Central um, website for their paper. The piece examined what Sims says is a liberal partisanship underlying the recent teacher protests and walkout in the state. In the piece, she used an uncensored lyric from a song by rapper Kendrick Lamar to criticize hashtag Red for Ed leader Noah Cavillas, uh, who she claims grooms young children with liberal ideas. He prides himself on teaching the hip-hop music of Kendrick Lamar, whose lyrics include, We Hate Popo, Want to Kill Us Dead in the Streets for Sure, to 10-year-olds indoctrinating him into social movements and societal change and societal economic and racial privileges, Sims wrote. The original quote originally contained the N-word, but it was removed from the piece by the paper, and the editor's note explained why uh, the the paper decided to uh, uh, take the uh, N-word out. He was on the the floor rebuking this, right, saying that there was no way. Let me quote what he said. He says, look, I want to make it crystal clear because it was hard to hear the audio. I want to make it crystal clear today that it is not acceptable to use these words in print or aloud about African Americans, especially by elected officials. As representatives of this great state of Arizona, we are held to a higher standard. At that point, and I think you can hear it in the audio at least, you started hearing the banging of a gavel. White legislators stood up and said that this guy was out of order. Now, there was also an African-American representative standing next to him, a female. She stood up as well to uh, – her name was Geraldine Peton. She stood up to, to, to support this young man. He's a young African-American st- state legislator. And – 
this is this is what the Speaker of the House said. That this is what this guy said. Look, I don't know why it's so hard to follow the rules. It doesn't matter whether you're white, black, brown, or whatever color the color of your skin is. You follow House rules. And then they went on to formally rebuke the pair. This is the America, Jerome, that Donald Trump has created, an America where it's okay for you to shout down black legislators when they're trying to make a point about a colleague using the N-word to try to make her point. This is the same country where you saw what happened to Camilla Harris when she was trying to talk. She was talked down and shouted down by members of her same committee. This is a country who just last week a young gay man was grabbed and slammed right outside of a Wassel house to the ground. They knew that the recording was going on. They were like, we don't give a damn. Then not only did they slam the guy to the ground, then they threw him in the police car where there was a dog in there. Oh, my God. I'm starting to get revisions of the 1960s. So, Jerome, this is the America in which we live, and it's a sad place, man. So when people talk about us being angry African-American folks on this show, you know what? You dang old Skippy, because this is the type of stuff that we have to deal with. Jerome, your thoughts? Well, you know, I am not moved by the gesture. Like I said before, is that every time I see this kind of stuff, because it's not the first time it happened, it always happens, where... You have people under legislature shout down black folks because they feel like they're in control. It's why you need black judges. It's why you need black folks in a lot of different places because um, they're not trying to hear you, right? They can't even have. They can't even empathize with you. So whenever you hear somebody who is liberal or conservative say, "You know, I can represent you as my constituents," you need to look at them and scrutinize them. And say, you know what? I'd rather not. I don't need you to empathize with me. I need you to understand that we can represent ourselves. It ain't really that serious. But the, the empathy that they show towards black people and shooting them and when black people die and then, you know, if something happens to somebody white, they want us to show an ex- exorbitant amount of empathy, we have to just start shutting that down because I don't know what to tell them. I mean, I, I have, I have no know, words, but that's perfectly mm-hmm. expected from me. Well, you know, well, let me go to you, Vanessa, because, you know, and I, I encourage people to go to YouTube and look this up and find it because you can actually see what's going on. It looks like a scene out of the 60s, if you ask me. You know, th- this guy stands up. He's trying to make a point, saying that, wait a minute, we should be above this, you know. But, but then it all, and I read some other comments, and this is what the comment said, well, some of the remarks, and, and I want to get your take on this. It read, well, you know, once again, here's a double standard between African Americans uh, with African Americans. It's okay for them to use the N-word, and keep in mind that this legislator who was trying to make her point took this directly from a lyric of a black artist. This, there's a double standard there. And this is what they do. It's like, you know what, you use the word. Why can't we use the word? Your thoughts. Okay. I hadn't, unfortunately, I usually catch stuff and follow it. I hadn't followed this, but the circumstances don't change. It has always been a problem, Jay, and everybody on the panel, that black people use their word, but we don't use it in a 
addictive way, and I hate to hear children use it. I really do. And I, I turn them around when I do hear them say, I said, what did you say? And they went, you know what I meant? No, that ain't cool because you're going to get mad if somebody else tell you. And I say it to make them think. But it's like we, if we call them white trash. They're going to want to shoot us and put us in jail. But they call each other trash. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's just they're, they're changing it and they're twisting it to benefit them so that some, some law or some rule or some something won't go through. I, I, that bugs the fool out of me. I don't like it being said by black, white, green, or purple. But I most certainly don't like it when they use the word against us. And I wish the black children or the parents who can hear the sound of my voice that's listening to this show, if you hear one of your children say that, would you please correct them not to say it and remind them that if they say it and a white person hears them say it, then it gives the white person kind of a right to say it. So I just, Jay, I, it's just, that's just one of those things. You said that you, whoa, 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 Vanessa. Hold on, hold on. You said that it gives them kind of the right to say it? I said kind of. I didn't say the right. I said kind of. And I say kind of because sometimes you do have to admit that black people do mutter stutter and say white trash. Okay, listen. And here is, I think this is where the disconnect is, at least for me. And I'll speak around to you, Jackie, for a comment. No, 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 no. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me swing. Let me put this in perspective. Then I'm going to throw it, toss it to, uh, to Jackie. There, under no circumstances, are white people allowed to use that term. Under no circumstances whatsoever. You know, I remember a show we did. I'm going to say maybe five years ago, we were talking about some things, and I think we had we were talking about something along these lines. And I remember a caller calling in saying that. Uh, he had a uh, friend that he grew up with, a white kid. They were like bosom buddies. And he said, look, I didn't have a problem with him using that term. And we were like, what? I remember me, G.O.G., Rob Smooth, we were like, what are you talking about? The bottom line is, I don't care if you grew up amongst black people. I don't care if you grew with, with the, I don't care if you grew up with, 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 with the crew. You're not authorized to use that word. Under no circumstances. Now, I'm like you. I don't think it should be used at all, to be honest with you. And I have really, you know, I have to, I have to admit, I haven't used, I used to use that term all the time when I was younger. Oh, you know, blah, blah, come on, blah, blah, please, blah, blah, this, blah. But, you know, the bottom line is that as I get older and realize the impact that that word has. And so what I'm trying to do is not give people a reason, uh, Jackie. I don't want to give you a reason. So I'm like, no, I'm going to take that reason away. You're not going to sit here and say, oh, well, y'all can you use it. Why can't we? Well, you know why? Because have you looked in the mirror? That's why you can't use it. Have you studied American history? That's why you can't use it. And the bottom line is that we have to get out of this mindset. We got to get out of this concept of saying, oh, it's okay, you know, and, and, and you know, and this kind of let me, and it does tell us to a little bit of the, of the royal wedding yesterday. I was watching that. And I am you know, not it was, saying it's it was okay. a beautiful ceremony. Yeah, well, no, no, I, I understand, but but I just want to make sure that we're crystal clear on this because when you say, well, it's kind of now they don't kind of have the right to do a damn thing when it comes to this. They need to stay in their lane and realize that you know they are the reason why this environment exists. 
they have to understand that, and we have to understand that, and we have to embrace that, and we have to make sure that we tell our children that. It's not cool because you grew up with a white friend that it's okay for them to use that term. Oh, no. And for our legislators, they're supposed to be on equal ground, and this is the thing that always upsets me when we talk about white folks. And, and trust me, and I'm going to say this because, you know, look, some of my dearest friends are white, but the bottom line is the situation is what it is. But what upsets me is like we have to have approval. It's like these state legislators, Jackie, are in the same chamber. They were all elected to represent a certain part of their state. But here we come with these white folks in here who thinks that they have the almighty, you know what, no matter, we may be the same state legislators and stuff like that, but because I'm white, I have a higher power over you. So you know what, Negro, sit your tail down. We've had enough of you and your nonsense. Sit down. And that's how I feel when they stand up and do stuff like this. That's how I feel. I feel that they feel that they have the moral authority over us because we can be in the same position. We can make the same amount of money. It doesn't matter because they feel that because I'm white, it's right. So at the end of the day, all things being equal, I'm going to always have the upper hand over you because I'm a white man and you're a black man. What say you? What did I say in the beginning? Welcome to Trump's America. I mean, no, no. I, I just, I mean, it's been there. It's been there for years. White people, the but good old white now privilege. Feel, the good old white privilege. Yeah. But I, yeah. Uh, huh? Go ahead. What, what, what no, you go saying? ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm uh, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Oh. I mean the I mean the good old white privilege has been there for years. It's it's been there for years. And and, and like I said, when you have a president, I mean it's been there for years. But when you have a president making this stuff okay, they really think. <laughs> That they can act like this and get a, get away with it. You know, Jerome, uh, the comments are already starting to float in. You know what? Here's the thing that's interesting about our listeners. And I, listen, and let me say this about you guys. I love ninety uh, probably eight percent of you. <laughs> I love ninety eight percent of you. I really be nice. truly like, do.
bow them when they say it. But if you say it to my face, yeah, I got some stuff to say to you. But it needs to stop being said. It but our children, the problem is our children don't know about their own history. That's the problem. And they're I said their own, ch- our own children. They're not teaching it. They don't know about it. They don't understand it. They, so they don't, don't know. They, they don't even really got a clue to know that it's wrong. But they've they been stop saying it. Their parents have been it saying it. They, they, they're getting it yep. from somebody. They're not just saying it on their own. But a lot of that no, is our own kids not, not understanding about our history because it ain't being taught. You are absolutely correct about that. You are absolutely. I totally agree with you. So they don't know, so they're saying it. But then you get mad when somebody says to you, stop saying it. Stop saying it. And Joe, you're trying to, you trying to jump in, Joe. What are you trying to say? No, I, um, Go ahead, Joe. No, no, I, I, um, I don't have anything. I mean, I understand Vanessa's point, you know, uh, of that. But I, I'm not letting white folks off the hook for this. Like, I, and I know she wasn't either, but I'm, what I'm saying is I'm never really concerned about black folks saying that. Like, there's something in me that says, that whatever we do based upon being oppressed is a reaction, right? But technically, when you know something is wrong, you know something is wrong. So technically, you can't go ahead and use that word or say that to... I'm, I'm going to tell you what I said on national public radio, right? If you, if you are smart enough to know that your language gets you the results that you want, then technically white folks always think they're smarter than everybody else. So if you ask for Apple, ask for Apple. If you say the N-word and get hit in your mouth, you just know that's something that you ask for. Now choose your words wisely. I'm not telling anybody to say nothing or not to say something, but I am telling you, yes, some kids use that word like it's, like it's air, you know, like very easy. And there are those of us who are definitely, like, offended by it. So you take your chances in Russian roulette and play with stuff like that. You're supposed to be smart. Be smart. That's not true. blaming That's black right. for for. No, I'm just saying like I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying to to them that if you're smart and you want a you want a chair, ask for a chair. You want an apple, ask for an apple. But when you use that word, you know there's duality <laughs> in it. So technically, so be it. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. I was about to say this. Uh, you know, I, I love ninety eight percent of our listeners. I really do. But 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 you know, you're starting to see the comments. I'm you know going back and forth here, trying to monitor the comments, and 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 you're starting to see these comments float in about that. Oh, what is it called? The, the angry black man. You know, it's always here we go again. You know, it's amazing that you folks tune in. I, I mean, what do you? My question to you guys is, why are you listening, right? I mean, if, if you feel that way, why are you tuning in? Is it maybe because deep, 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 deep down inside, your racist heart is saying, I need to know more about the other side. I need to know more about the culture. Are you feeling, are you Are you trying to find forgiveness? You know, it's 2018. We are having conversations that they were having in 1968, this shouldn't be. Now, I'm not going to sit here, and let me say this before anyone 
because I'm not reading all these comments. I can there. I'm picking out some I'm going to read during Chatterbox. I'm not reading all this. Matter of fact, I'm not reading anything derogatory. And I know we're supposed to be open, but I'm not reading that nonsense. We ain't open like that. Listen, I, I know. Oh, read a couple of them. Today. I know. I can't do it. No, because I I want my blood pressure to remain where it is, and, and, and I don't want to do that. And plus, we have children listening. <laughs> We need to be smarter. Forget them. If they want to go there on go, radical yeah. websites yeah. That and troll somebody, let them do that. But there you we're go. smarter than that. You can't beat us There's plenty of them out that. there. You can go and make your comments. Yeah. But, you know, the thing that, that that's that's so frustrating for me, and when I sit back and just kind of comb through the thoughts, and you know, why are you here? Go somewhere else. You don't have to listen to us. What we do is we provide a platform for us to talk about things that affect us and affect our community. It's not affecting your community. Your community is the reason why this show is on the air. So if you don't like what we do, then go do something else. It just irks me so much. You sit here and you want to, you know, you want to troll people. You know, while y'all were talking, I was there was a couple of phone calls that came in. They were, you know, how they try to fake you out. Hey, I just want to make a comment, and then you say, okay, you're on the air. Then they start, you know, playing, you know, racist stuff. I'm like, clown, I'm listening to you in the queue. You're not even nowhere on the air, nowhere live. But it's just you get these people, and you wonder what makes folks tick. It is. Uh, it's crazy. It's just nuts. Uh, but that's, that's, uh, exactly. Good. But frankly, I like it when they come. Come and get some education. Uh, <laughs> okay? Yeah. But, you, know, you ain't doing nothing. Right. If you ain't got no opposition, you ain't doing nothing. Well, here's the thing. Now, yeah, now, absolutely. I mean, we, we really need to kind of understand this in a psyche kind of way, just because this is what white supremacy yeah. is. So the point that we're making right. is that black people can't even have a conversation without somebody telling them what the conversation should be. Even if they feel uncomfortable, they're going to come point. listen to make sure that we are not saying something that's offending them. Right? That's supremacy. Yep. So a part of our, the point that we always try to make is that, first of all, it is stupid to be racist. Right? So none of us on here are racist because somebody's white. That's just dumb. But the problem is, is that you still can't hear that your racism and supremacy is problematic to all of us who can see it. We're not going to act like we don't see it just because you feel uncomfortable. And you can listen if you want to, but technically it is not moving us. We don't need to hear your comments. We don't need to hear any debate to get us off track because that's pretty much what evil does, right? just tries to sidetrack you on something else. That's why I'm very conscious about saying and turning a conversation on to black people when white folks do stuff to us because that's always been a trick in conversation. So we don't have to worry about that. If you're listening, fine, but the issue is is that it is not our concern. Is not what, what interests us is none of your business, and it's not our concern on how your feelings are about any of this stuff either. Because you're not listening is why the problems that we're having now in this world is existing. They don't listen. Absolutely. Nothing else to add to that? All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about the 44th president trying to destroy the legacy of the 44th president. 45th president trying to destroy the legacy of the 44th president. We'll be back to listen to the serious side right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. 
The serious side continues right here on the TJRS radio network. Where does this stop? Are we going to start treating all Muslim Americans differently? And if we fall into the trap of painting all Muslims with a broad brush and and imply that we are at war with an entire religion, then we are doing the terrorist work for them. We've been trying to figure out Mr. Trump, since he declared his candidacy, he's taken 32 new stances on 13 different issues since his election and counting. After taking 141 policy positions on 23 issues as a candidate, what actually guides him? Perhaps the 45th president does seem to have one consistent philosophy. He'd like to dismantle the legacy of the 44th president. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our calling number. Let's say good morning to our panelists. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Vanessa May. Hello, Macanelli. Hey, Vanessa. Morning. Glad to be here. How's everybody? Director of our social media outreach, the one and only Jackie's in the house. What's going on, Jackie? Hi, everyone. So glad to be with you today. The smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Spree is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm good, man. How are you? Doing outstanding. What's up right. to Johnny D, who's in the house? Good morning. Welcome in. Also, Mr. Elias doing what he's doing. Mr. Elias obviously is being an uncle during this time of the year. He's out uh, going to uh, various nieces and nephews' graduations. So every year... About during the month of May, Mr. Elias is usually out for a couple of weeks, so that's where he is. Uh, Kathleen Williams is on her way back from Denmark. Uh, she's, you know, she told me to send her a link in the show. She wants to listen to the show. She's going to follow in the chat room, so she may or may not be in the chat room. But you guys know the drill. If Mr. Elias is not here, I really don't know what's happening in the chat. I did have an opportunity to take a real quick peek at her, and I think St. Clint's in the house. Uh, I know yeah. Kavita is always in, it. in the house. Okay. You want to okay. know? Yeah. Then who, who, who? Okay. Yeah. Now we sure. had a video man, but he is still listening. He is doing his bike thing, but he's still listening. Mike, absolutely. And in you the know. chat room, we have St. Clinton, and we have uh, five guests in the chat room. Okay, all right, well, there you go. She broke it down. And I have a lot of people who are monitoring us social media-wise. Uh, once again, I want to say hello to some. Matter of fact, I don't want to say hello to you guys. I'll just wave to everybody because we have some folks, we have some haters amongst us. So and I don't know which ones. I haven't looked at all the comments. So I don't want to say hi to people that I don't want, that I don't want to say hi to. So anyway, but I do want to say uh, hello to uh, Miss Choice. She may be listening out of Atlanta, Georgia. Good morning. Welcome in. Hope you are listening to the show. Third and final set. We all know that the 45th president cannot stand the 44th president. And as we continue to be on this bumpy ride, which is known as the Trump's presidency, you know, we're, every day this guy is doing something to try to dismantle and erase Barack Obama from the history books. One evidence of this is just go to the White House website and look up President Obama. You know, they have every president from George Washington to the current president. They have a write-up, talk about a little short bio of what they've done and all their accomplishments in office. Go and read President Barack Obama's. And, and you realize how very short it is and how very – ho-hum it is. It's pretty much, hey, this guy is president. He's the first African-American president. He has a wife and he has two kids. That's pretty much what it says. So, so, so what we're seeing here is something that is unprecedented in American history. 
we have a president who has been in office now probably, I don't know, around, what, 16 months or something like that, 18 months, coming on 18 months. This guy has not once reached out to his predecessor for advice. He hasn't talked to him since Inauguration Day. This guy, here's the thing, here's the kicker, Jerome, that he is in the process of trying to dismantle everything that Barack Obama has set up. But he has no viable substitution. Nothing. He has nothing to replace what's going on. You're starting to see gas prices creep up. You know why? Because we pull out of our Iran deal. You have some of our closest allies are saying, you know what? America is just not numero uno any longer. We have to fend for ourselves. People flying to Washington to kiss his pine parts to get him to stay into some of these agreements that America has made. He goes in and he moves the, 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 the embassy to Jerusalem. And there's gunship. People are dying less than 40 miles away. And what, what are they doing? They are blaming Hamas for this, right? Jared Kushner, 666, Tower 666. This thing is drowning in debt. Their family is just, oh, my God, they don't know what they're going to do about this. He tried to get money from the Saudis. The Saudis were like, uh-uh, we're not going to get involved in it, or Qatar, I should say. And all of a sudden, Trump was like, hey, you know what? We're done with Qatar. And all of a sudden, Qatar's like, well, wait a minute, hold on. Maybe we should help out. And then as soon as they agreed to fund this building, all of a sudden, the administration is welcoming this country with open arms. What is going on in front of your our very faces <laughs> is treasonous. It is something that makes you not believe in the greatest country in the world. These, these, this guy is breaking laws, Jerome, right here in front of our faces, and he's giving us the middle finger. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, Jerome, they fund this building after the Trump administration went in with, like, you know, sunny two-toes. It was like, hey, you make a deal and we break your legs. What, what, what is going on here? Right. Well, and outside of the fact that this guy is dismantling everything that Barack Obama stands for, man, this is crazy, man. What's you? You know what? He he can try. No, the problem is is that everybody has been recording for the last eight years what the pre, what President Obama has been doing. There is no way to do this. Right. But what he's going to do, because the only thing he's going to be known for is. Um, the Russia scandal stuff. So all the things that he's unraveling now, the only thing we can do is hold the next presidential candidate's feet to the fire so that they can put them back. Because the problem is is that some of those executive orders are not new executive orders. They're, they're negating the last one. So all you have to do is negate Trump's and, Pres- and President Obama's will come back into effect. Right? It's not like you have to write new legislation. All you're saying is that this one um, wipes out Trump's executive orders. That's all you have to do. Obama's legacy will still be intact. He's not changing any laws, per se. He's changing rules inside a department. So for the EPA, for, um, you know, Clean Air, Clean Water Act stuff, they're doing some really foul stuff inside a department. But President Obama's legacy sits in the legislation that he created. And although 
they can create legislation without the Democratic without the Democrats' help. They have not really moved so far into that. They're changing rules, right? They're making rules harder on black folks and women when it comes to um, um, gosh, this was just recent that they did something as far as housing uh, um, discrimination against women and minorities. They actually roll back some of that stuff, and you know they're gutting you know HUD and all those things. But the actual um, legacy stuff, the laws that were created, and um, especially when you talk about the clean, um, not the clean, the um, recycle. I'm trying to think. What is the word I'm looking for? I'm sorry for being at loss for words today. But especially when it comes to solar energy, is what I'm thinking. Like, a lot of companies are not going backwards to vessel coal. Those standards have been set forth, and even though if you take them off the book, Obama's legacy is going to continue because it's more cost-effective because all of those tax breaks that they got up in the front had them retrofit their facilities, so they're going to go forward regardless if Trump takes that law off the book or takes those regulations (laughs) off the book. So, again, in in the back end, history is going to reflect it. They're just doing things early on, like the website stuff that they can control. But their stuff will go back. They'll they'll go back next the next president because the history is history. So you can Google dang near anything now, or internet search anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Vanessa, uh, as African Americans, we were so proud. Uh, when this man, when President Obama was inaugurated, I remember where I was. I really was upset because I, I really wanted to go to Washington, uh, but there, things that were going on at that time didn't allow me to do so. And that's something that I regret. I wish I w- would have been a part of that large crowd that we always see when when we are dissecting Trump's lies. And one of his first major lies he's told, he told was, you know, he had a larger crowd size than President Obama. Um, but what this man is doing, and it kind of goes back to something that I said in the last segment. It was like, with all things being equal, you know, I'm white and I'm right, and you're dark, and I wish I could rhyme something with dark, but you're wrong. <laughs> and, and, and for me, to go to that website, to go to the website of our government, of the people's house and to see how disrespected, in my opinion, this man has been treated. You know, we have never had a sitting president giving the state of the union and a white congressperson yells, you lie to the president of the United States of America. Think about that title for a second. Think, think, think about, well, you know what, but that wasn't any of our folks. He was overseas oh, yeah. destroying that country. They were like, get out of here. We don't want you around here. But I'm saying, but, but, but you can't compare us to those. You know, you're talking about countries. I'm talking about a civilized democracy. Our nation, you've never seen this. I go back to, I remember watching four days in November when they were covering President Kennedy pulling into uh, Dallas Love's, you know, Dallas's Love Field. And they were trying to, they were, you know, it was, it was play by play. Everything that Kennedy did, they were on top of it. And they were trying to, he was saying something. And I remember the commentator saying, you know, I think he's telling the governor, what a pretty day if I'm permitted to read a presidential 
uh, if I'm read if I'm permitted to read presidential lips or whatever the case may be, that's how much honor that this position has been held throughout history. For a man to yell in a chamber, "You lie!" For them to go and like I said, go to the website. If you think I am lying, go to the website and read the bio of President Barack Obama. And tell me if it doesn't say no more that he was the first African-American president. He served this nation as the 44th president. He's married to Michelle Obama, and he has two kids, Malia and Sasha. Malia and Sasha. That's pretty much all it says. And so what I did, because see, I knew this was going to happen, Vanessa. Let me tell you what I did. Right before, <laughs> you can still do this. Let me tell you what I did. I went right, right before on January 19th, I went and I copied everything that was on the Obama website about President Obama. You didn't have to do this. You can go to the Obama White House and see the same thing. Go to the Obama White House and look at the president's bio. Then go to the whitehouse.gov and look at it. You tell me what you see that's missing. But what are your thoughts about this whole thing, about Trump trying to dismantle the legacy of this nation's only African-American president? You know, he has this infatuation with uh, uh, I'm moving around because I'm outing for church, but that he has this situation yeah. with President Obama. He really does, and nobody understands it. All the news people, regular people, they all want to know what, what is his infatuation with President Obama. Nobody gets it, and so it doesn't matter, Jay, if he wiped Obama's whole picture off and just have a name. He was the first black president of the United States, like that first black princess we got over there in London. You can't change history. You can't rewrite history. It has happened. It has been done. He had that stuff deleted off so that he wouldn't have to see it. All that stuff is going to come right. It's already in the history book. Once it was done, it is already in the history book. It's already in the history book. I don't care what Trump is. What Trump does up there in that White House to delete what it is that President Obama has done? Because guess what? When he's out, the next president is going to put stuff back the way it was because hopefully the next president has good sense to do it. But you can't, he can't delete it all. He can't rewrite it because it's in the history books. It's going to go down in the, uh, the black history um, museums and stuff that they have. And I'm planning on hitting that new black museum up, too. Uh, as soon as I feel better, I'm planning on doing that. But he can't rewrite it. He just got. He just has a problem. I really want to know what does he think about his wife sitting next to Obama at that funeral, skinning and grinning. That's what I want to know. <laughs> she was skinning and grinning. Yeah, 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 black man. So I want to know because they sleep in separate bedrooms. So while she was doing that, and Bush Jr. President Michelle, they got a picture with Michelle like. Holding his hand because he always trying to put his hand across her lap and stuff. So I just wonder, <laughs> no, <laughs> y'all know I'm telling you. So I just oh my wonder, God, you are, what uh, did yes. what did President Trump think while his wife was sitting up there skinning and grinning, and that had some black man's face? I'm sure he had some stuff for her. But guess what? I bet you. I bet you she had some stuff to tell him about all them hoes he didn't paid off. So you know what? I'm not gonna worry about him fighting. T- I'm sorry. I apologize. No, don't apologize. The lady that he paid off. I'm sorry. It's just funny that nobody. I'm just. I'm just telling the truth. I mean, because y'all know I'm at home. I'm sick. I'm looking at TV all the time. So 
Sometimes I message Jay and Les and say, did y'all see that on TV? You know, because I'm trying to keep up with all of this because Jay is right. It is it's off the Facebook. It's off of the site. So it is going to be up to us to pass it on if the next president doesn't go and put it back on there. But I, I, Trump, the stuff he does, just it's, it's getting to the point that it doesn't even phase me. Because he's so ignorant with stuff. He's such a racist. He's such a bigot. He could care less about women. Uh, it, it, he, I you just know. look at him now and shake my head. And that's a shame that we are like that. He makes president them all them Bushes and, and all of them other folk and the stuff that Clinton did with, with that girl Reagan. in the clothes closet and the stuff on the dress. He makes all of them look good. Yeah. And you know, so the um, fake, Obama's website, you know, is archived. So it's archive yeah. dot um, yeah it's, it's Obama's whole website so they're Obama, not changing that it's, it's Obama White House yeah Obama White you, are you talking about the Obama White House and they freeze it uh, yeah the Obama yeah. White House dot gov I think it is yeah. you know one thing I regret Jay I regret not going up to a lot of my friends at work did it and I regret that I it's not that I was busy whatever it's just I kept on saying I'm gonna go do it I'm gonna go do it and four years went by eight years went by. I didn't get to do it, but when they knew that that was just the last term, a bunch of them got together and went to the White House and looked at how Michelle had it decorated and was hoping to get a sighting of her because sometimes she'd be in the main hallway. Um, But I didn't, that's what I regret. I didn't get to do that. I didn't get to go to the White House and look at how Michelle had it set up, and that's the one thing I regret. Not going up there to see. Yeah, same here. I, I think about I think about it often. Yeah, we should have got up there and saw that. Go ahead, Jerome. Yep. Uh, uh, no, I, no, I was I was just kind of making a comment to say that um, Vanessa said early on we don't know what his um, issue is with with black folks. Like generally, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember how she said it, but um, I think his biographer who wrote the art of a who was the ghostwriter for Art of the Deal, because I don't think he can read or write, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but the <laughs> guy who wrote the Art of the Deal said that he he's envious and hates black people at the same time. So he has a fascination with black people and hates them, probably because he's not them. But that's what he said and not me. He, the guy who knows Donald Trump said that it is his envy of black folks and his jealousy of them that is feeling his hate for black people. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because uh, um, um, as we come to the end of the uh, well, I um, would like to comment. discussion part of the show, yeah, I was about to throw it to you. Uh, matter of fact, go ahead, and I'll just end the segment on my comment. Go ahead. You can have it. <clears throat> yeah, um, I mean, it's just – it's. Re- re- it's almost hilarious to see this, and I just what I, what I'm proud about is just the way you know President Obama is is handling it. I mean, I mean he's not even being phased <laughs> by none of this stuff. <clears throat> I mean, I mean you can't help but think of that Jill Scott song, "Hate on Me, Hater." You know, oh, 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 you know, oh, oh, just, you're just you know, playing that. I can just, just imagine President oh Obama just wow. playing that in his house. <laughs> okay, you know? say, say it, Jackie. Next no. time, don't don't sing it, please. Spare, spare us that uh, what you just did. But okay, I get your point. I get Whatever. your point. You know, listen. Um, just... No, 
no, no. I, I understand exactly what you're saying as we as we bring it to a close. You know, the, the thing I was going to say before we step out of here, and I'm just interested to uh, hear what Jerome has to say here in the remaining uh, 30 seconds we have uh, before we close it out. <laughs> you know, when the Texas shooting went down, um, I immediately went to Twitter uh, and looked at Barack Obama's website. I mean, his uh, Twitter feed. He didn't make a comment about that shooting. And I said to myself, why did he not make a comment? You know, I look at this guy every time a national something happens, President Obama makes a comment. Hillary Clinton had comments out there. Joe Biden had a comment. Barack Obama didn't have one. I thought, for some odd reason, I said, man, come on, man. This is your responsibility. But I have to to remember, Jerome, he's a private citizen now, but... You know, he still, in my opinion, is a guy who I follow. He is still my leader. And I was just a little, I don't know, man, for some odd reason, that just put me out of sort that he didn't. He had received, responded to everything that has happened since his presidency has been over. But he didn't respond to this. And I, and I thought that was a little out of character of him. And I was a little disappointed because when we have these situations, I go to this guy was such a commander. He was such a consoler in chief. Right, this guy just knew what to say. He had the right tone. He had the right temperament, and for him not to put anything out there, I was a little disappointed. Uh, uh, about uh, what? Well, uh, your thoughts and well, the fact that he didn't respond. He didn't say anything on Twitter about it at all. About what? About Trump? About the Texas shooting? No, the Texas oh, about shooting. The shooting. He yeah. didn't say anything. Yeah, he's trying yeah, to let the president anything. speak first. He's right. Trying to, he's trying to give the president.
on a need to know basis. I hope he said, uh, I hope he's bad. here this morning because we missed Brother on a need to know basis. So hey, it's coming up next. That's right, you have to do your thing. Coming up next, uh Chatterbox on a need to know basis. Uh we'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side of the J Rouse show.
All right, folks, welcome back here. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world famous chat room and social media. And I have to apologize up front. Uh, uh, chatter, chatter. I mean, uh, uh, God, I'm losing my train of thought. Chat room. Sorry, I have to apologize up front because you know when Mr. Elias is not here, uh, you know I don't read comments from the chat room. All right, well, then read a couple of them, Jackie, since you're taking on the role of Mr. L.E.S. Read me a few comments from the chat room, if you don't mind. Well, of course, to reiterate the first one you said, of course, from Convener Man, we missed Rome's need to know last week. I hope he is here today. And definitely I'm going to read this uh, uh, couple from St. Clinton. He said it was so tempting to call in and recite a poem I wrote a number of years ago about the N-word. But he found this uh, poem that I want to shout out to him. It's called Love for Ancestors. And he posted the link at, uh, the link is www.earlwilliams, that's E-A-R-L Williams, dot net slash ancestors. So check that out. Okay. Shout out so to check it out. should be good, Shout out to the man. Shout out to the man himself. All right, listen, I got a couple. I have a few. Uh, Veronica from Benton, Texas says, the N-word conversation is the reason why I listen to this show. The raw emotions of Miss Bell dealing with Miss Bell. Oh, she's talking about Vanessa. <laughs> Her name is Miss Haynes. Uh, the uh, raw emotions of Miss Bell uh, dealing with the ignorance of some people was real and powerful. Please, please, please tell your friends about this podcast. Well, thank you, Veronica. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, Stan the Man. I usually don't, you know, usually I don't do nicknames, but Stan the Man has a nice ring to it. Stan the Man from San Marcos, Texas. Is Steve back? In order to have a legitimate debate, both sides of the argument should be represented, represented in my opinion. Well, you know, I don't know if Steve is that much on the other side, but, you know, point well taken. Uh, here is uh, Pastor oh. Stephen Jones. Says N word should be completely eliminated from our vocabulary. Black people need to know the origin of the word, and if they took a few minutes to study the history pertaining to the word, they would stop using it immediately. Show great show as always. But but Pastor Jones, Pastor Jones, but I have something else here. Uh, Bishop E. Stevens from West Texas says, Greeting panel. I want it to be known that Pastor Jones is not the only clergy that listens to your show. Amen. Unfortunately, I have to listen to the podcast after service because our church services parallels with the time of your show. I always listen on my way home from church. Continue to do the darn thing. Look at the bishop talking like that. And God bless. All right, bishop. Hopefully you're here to show on your way home from church. You continue yeah, to praise Brock, the man and the name and the word of God. No, you can't do that. That won't be a good thing. Don't do that. And on that, <laughs> and on that note, you know what time it is. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it's time for You Know What and You Know Who. On the need-to-know basis, where our main man, Jerome, is free man. Jerome, what do you have for us this morning? Okay, now U.S. oil prices hit the highest level since 2014, breaking through the $70 a barrel mark 
not la- not this week, but last week. So it's because yeah. of the Iran sanctions, the Venezuela economic crisis, and more importantly, it's because oil speculation has started started back up. So Obama started prosecuting people who were unfairly hiking oil prices through speculation in the market. Now that Trump is there, they don't have to worry about that, and they are not going to stop raising oil prices until people start complaining or there's enough news stories about it. But they're slowly creeping those oil prices back up to make profit just on oil speculations to help the market. Because the oil supply has not changed. They're speculating on what may happen in the future, so they're raising oil prices now. Now, that's one of the things I miss about Obama. Now, Walmart is to limit um, opioid prescriptions to seven days. Now, this is a bid to curb the addiction crisis. Again, I'm not going to be cynical doing this part of the news uh, uh, this early in the news, but the move is one of the strongest by the retailers in a bid to curb opioid, the opioid epidemic and uh, in the U.S. So the supply will begin, um, the limited supply will begin in the next 60 days is what the company said. So instead of giving people 14 days or 30 days of supplies of opioid, they're only going to do it seven days. So they're going to keep them getting more copay, so they're probably going to make more money, but that's a whole uh, other story. Now, the uh, founder of this insurance giant in China, um, who owns the Wardorf Astorian the Hotel in New York City, he got sentenced to 18 years in prison for a $10 billion fraud. He got 18 years. Can you imagine? He's a billionaire if he had $10 billion in fraud. So you can't go to jail being rich. Uh, not in this country, but that was in another country that that happened. But he got fraud charges. Now, um, the North. Uh, matter of fact, I want to say this one first. Since Vanessa's on, I don't know if Vanessa, your mic's open, but Alaskan Airlines made history last week with flight um, 361 last Sunday, heading from San Francisco to Portland, Oregon. Um, it was the first of the carrier's flights piloted by two African American women. Captain Tyra um, Wright and First Officer um, Mallory Cave, and um, they said the passengers burst into applause and uh, announced that was one the of the first passengers... for, Ala- for Alaska Air. This that was the for first Alaska, for Alaska. But yeah. Delta did it. Delta had two women and a whole uh, women woman crew about five years ago. So yeah. Delta was the first one to kick it. Delta was the first one, but this is the first for Alaska. Right Airlines. for Alaska. Yeah. So, you know, they're saying that according to this um, Institute for Women in in, uh, Aviation Worldwide, there's only 4.36% of airline pilots who are in the U.S. are women and less um, than 150 black female pilots in the U.S. with licenses. It's not even a lot of black men. You ought to look at the stats for black men. Oh, no, I know. I'm sure. Go on my Facebook page when you get a chance. My cousin just made captain, and oh, he's cool. black, and he, and they made a big to-do about him. So go to my Facebook page, and you'll see uh, it. That's cool. And, and actually, one of my friends got his pilot's license not too long ago, but it's not very many We people. need more of them. There's not too many people who, um, who um, yes. you know, fly. Of our color. 
Yeah. <laughs> See, I was, I was trying to be nice. I don't know why. All right. <laughs> um, Norwegian Airlines just broke a record for the fastest subsonic um, transatlantic flight from New York to London um, to complete the journey in just five hours and nine minutes. But it turns out that in many instances, that journey is actually slower than it were in the 70s. So despite advancements in aerodynamics, um, aerodynamics and engine design, uh, um, for, for instance, a nonstop flight from New York to Houston um, today takes around three hours and 50 minutes. But according to a business insider, that same flight in 1973 was two hours and 37 minutes. It was an hour faster than it is now. And so the Business Insider explained the major cause, um, the cause of that is fuel costs because um, they're saying that it, between 2002 and 2012, the prices of fuel rose about 70 cents per gallon to over $3. So in 19, oh, I'm sorry, in 2008, Northwest Airlines saved, uh, said that it saved 162 gallons of fuel from Paris to Minneapolis when they cut their speed down from 542 miles an hour to 532. So 10 miles an hour saving in, in time saved 162 gallons of fuel. So that's why flights are taking longer, because they, they want to save fuel, not because they can't get there faster. So, so it's just interesting to look at that. They're actually um, doing something a little bit different for fuel. Now the fuel is going back up. Now the Senate voted to um, save net neutrality rules. They uh, voted 52 to 47. So Senate Democrats successfully passed a resolution reversing the FCC hotly contested uh, repeal of net neutrality rules. And um, but. This puts a lot of pressure on the 2018 midterms because Republican-controlled House probably won't even bring up the measure. So it already passed, and they're trying to get net neutrality back, which is um, something that happened during the Obama era. But they don't know because the House is still controlled. So once the House flips, they'll be able to force it in a stimulus or something at some point under Trump. But net neutrality hopefully comes back and saves us all from being um, spied on on our internet usage and, and raising prices when people are streaming, that kind of thing. Now, um, the Trump administration is considering housing children of illegal immigrants who cross into the U.S. Um, border alone or get separated from their parents. They're thinking about housing them in military bases. They're thinking about creating camps for children of illegal aliens. They're some sick puppies. What? Yes. That is a consideration from their administration <laughs> that they want to hold them on military bases when they get separated from their parents or they cross the border alone. They won't go to someplace like Catholic Charities or something more humane. They'll just put them in a, give them a locker, you know, a bunk or something and Hide them away on a military base. See, yeah, that's why I go to church on Sundays, just saying. No, no. <laughs> See, okay, I just want to say this for the record. It's not that um, the the 
the country is turning bad, we have some people in this country who are just not good people. And they happen to be running uh, the government at the moment and a lot of the state houses. But technically, it ain't, it's not us. We know where this is coming from. So, you know, um, you know the massacre by Israeli soldier, soldiers of nearly 60 um, Palestinians in Gaza last week has prompted a new round of protests from Jewish American groups who object to the relocation of the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. Now, the groups like If Not Now and Jewish Voice for Peace and J Street and Jews for Radical and Economic Justice and others began to protest, uh, began um, protest activities like marches, vigils, and um, vigils and um, community meetups in late March when the Israeli forces initially killed about 17 Palestinians, but they have wounded over 3,000 in that one-day attack. Nearly 3,000 killed 60. So even some of the Jewish groups are saying this got to stop, but they know that if you keep separating yourself from everybody else, that it's just going to shine a big light on the inequity of um, people in Israel. And by the way, Chuck Schumer and some other Democrats want to put a law, they're supporting Republicans who want to pass a law making speech against Israel illegal. Now, we have freedom of speech in this country, but they, and two Demo- some Democrats are supporting this. Chuck Schumer, who has the most power of any Democrat in this country, is one of the people who want to do that. They want to make speech against Israel illegal. Israel is doing all of these, breaking all these international norms, bombing people, killed the head of state, and all this, but we still need to cover for them. So I just want to put that out there so that if you're not seeing this on, on mainstream media, this did come out last week that those guys are siding with the Republicans. So we need to get Chuck Schumer out of there, too. It's not all Republicans that need to go. Anybody who was carrying water for those fools need to go, too. Just want to make sure I put that out there. Now, the um, – ah, I don't even know if I want to do this. Oh, I'll do it this way. Oklahoma Republican lawmaker is accused of faking his military record and wearing a purple heart even though he never earned it. So Republican lawmaker Mike Ritz of Oklahoma is being uh, accused by party colleagues of faking his own military record and wearing a purple heart. That should say something about the people who are law and order folks, using it to their own benefit. Now, rates of depression rose in every age group in every state except Hawaii. That's um, statistics that's taken from 2013 and 2016, according to a new study. So teenagers were particularly hit hard by um, depression. That's according to Blue Cross Blue Shield um, data that they're collecting and I think they're collecting it based on the prescription but they're saying in every age category it's on the rise now doctors are prescribing 11% more medications to children uh, now than they did in 1999 according to another story but uh, prescription rates for ADD or ADHD and high blood pressure drugs are on the rise so it's less medication for children, but they're giving them ADD medicine and high blood pressure medicine.
I guess I think they're cutting back on Ridlin is what the um, is what the consensus is. Now, um, you know, you know, Los Angeles takes in billions of dollars in bail money from minorities. So over 65,000 people were arrested and booked in Los Angeles Police Department in 2017 and were levied with over $3.6 billion in bail money. That's according to a new study that was released this week. $3.6 billion in bail money. I don't know if you guys saw that at all. Or did I did I lose you on that one? But yeah, it, it is a, it is a bit much. Now, Vanessa, did you did you see this? Um, I, I I meant to bring this up during the um, during the show, um, one of the segments. But if you have not seen Childish Gambino or Donald Glover's um, video, "This Is America," um, this is America as a as a um, and his AKA Childish Gambino. Um, he, he's Grammy Award winning. This is his first um, top 100 yeah, hit. Yeah, and and actually, it has over like I guess 85 million views on YouTube. It had 10 million in the first yeah. 24 hours, and now it's like at a, over 130 million views. Something that you can't even show on TV. He's number one yeah. in the top 100 on Billboard. Um, for this is that's amazing. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. If, if, I don't he's know if you would say that he's an impressive young man. Yeah, he's an impressive young man. He is, and uh, he's, he, he is, he is making a statement now. Lando Carisio in the new uh, in the new uh, Star Wars movie too. That's that's where people yeah. are probably know where he's from. Okay, it's here's why I think that that uh, Donald Glover is going to confuse white folks because what he does. Is he was on Thirty Rock? He's on Community. He uh, is now on Star Wars, playing Land, a young Lando Carissian. and he comes out, and his yeah. music is totally opposite of his persona yep. among white folks. Persona, right? Yep. So when they see him, yep. don't go to his video thinking it's the same guy who was on Community. The <laughs> <laughs> guy. Uh, it, no. <laughs> yeah. It, you know what it shows? It shows that black folks can can be okay with white folks. They don't make that they're racist because they can recognize racism. And we see a different reality in a different culture than you have. And plus, he produces and stars in the show, Emmy Award winning show, um, Atlanta, ATL. And he, does, he did that all yep, by himself. Absolutely. He left 30 Rock. He quit, told him he was out of there. To do his own thing So he's successful on the music side He has a Grammy He's a successful actor And now he's in Star Wars And so it should be freaking him out yeah. they don't, He doesn't freak him out like a uh, Well I ain't gonna say anything Watch the Absolutely. video this is Absolutely Alright we're 90 seconds out So okay. um, uh, i tell you what we're gonna do Cause it sounds like Jerome has another story So we're gonna say goodbye to our live listening audience Give Jerome just a little bit more time since we missed him last week. Uh, a few more minutes of on the need to know basis. But to everyone else who's listening live, thank you. God bless you. Tune in next week. We'll see you back here on the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. Remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. And Mr. LES, for the record, has been checking in with uh, 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 Jackie, and he said, Tell Jackie thank you for filling in for him. 
All right, Jerome, man, we have time for at least give us three more good ones, brother. We're gonna run it just a little bit over so we can get those okay. stories in. All right, so so film director Spike Lee is lashing out at Trump, calling him an MF doing this um, Cannes Film Festival. Ooh. I would go to the ice Spike Lee. Spike Lee, along with Jordan Pill, who's Luke. producing the movie called Black Klansmen, and it opened at Cannes Film Festival. And after the show was over, it was a six-minute standing ovation to that movie. And during the press conference, wow. Spike Lee, they started, at, you know, those press conferences are kind of loose, so they started asking uh, Spike Lee questions. Now, uh, by the way, the film is about a true story of um, Ron Stallworth, who was the uh, first African-American in um, on the Colorado Springs police force who managed to infiltrate the highest levels of the Ku Klux Klan in the 1970s. So the story is kind of about him, and it's called Black Klansman. So while Spike is being interviewed, he said, we have a guy in the White House, I'm not going to say his effing name, who defined um, the, uh, that moment not just for America, but the world when that MF didn't get <laughs> – was given the chance to say, talk about love and not hate. And he said that MF did not denounce the MF Klan or the alt-right or those Nazi MF. It was a defining moment. But I don't like that. Yeah, listen, I, I understand you don't, but sometimes it has to be said. Some, You know what? Because we're being polite, be Vanessa. He's talking about Trump. MF? Yes. You, because the, the problem is, is that in, in, in that movie – at, towards the end, it, it's dealing with, you know, it's black Klansmen. It's kind of getting rid of the Klan in the 70s. And he's saying they're still pacifying them. So he said the right-wing BS that is happening in America now is still happening. And it's just because we don't address it. It, didn't, it just kind of went underground for a minute because we wanted to have polite society while um, President Obama was here. And we wanted to believe that things are changing for the better and blah, blah, blah. But the liberal folks generally, especially white females, that's why when we start talking politics at some point and they say, hey, the white females are running for office and this is a great thing, they are complacent, complicit in this whole thing as well. So when they keep their mouth shut and they let their military go out, these neo-Nazis and Klan people go out and kill people um, like this new school shooter, he had a Nazi uniform on. But nobody wants to talk about that. They want to talk about the fact that he was bullied. He was bullied with a Nazi uniform on. So you normalizing the craziness, or we don't, we're not talking about that Fox is um, merging with Disney. Disney is buying Fox, which tells us something about ABC, because Disney owns ABC. And it explains why Dancing with the Stars has Paula Dean and all of these racist people on, because they normalize racist people to us backwards. So Rupert Murdoch is still going to run Fox but they're partnering with Disney, right? We need to see through all of this stuff. So when Spike Lee does that, I know it's uncomfortable, but somebody needs to start calling people out. And that's, you know, that's all I really want to say about that because we, we have to do something and we have to say something. We cannot just keep that stuff undercover. So I definitely wanted to make sure I do, did that story. I'm still not cursing even though we're in overtime, but not cursing about that. Also, I wanted to say, last time I did this segment, I couldn't remember the black guy who, who was um, 
like one, the richest African American in the country. His name is Robert F. Smith. He owns a private. He's a private equity executive. He bought property in New York City for $59 million, which was the, the priciest deal closed in downtown Manhattan in New York City. He's based out of San Antonio, uh, out of Austin, Texas, and I'm not going to tell too much of his business, but he has homes in California, Texas, and New York. But it's the biggest deal of any private property sale. Um, it is um, nearly $60 million. And by the way, Five other properties, apartments in that building, and they started about 16 mil, so you can be his neighbor if you like, um, Jay. I just want to tell you that there were some openings. Vanessa, if y'all plan on moving to New York City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Jay, go ahead. That's Vanessa, not me. Uh, either one. Uh, Jackie, any of y'all, there's, there's three. So, no, I'm sorry, there's five apartments, so all, all three of y'all, and I'll call LES, LES after the show. Y'all can all live on the, in the same building. <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, now, uh, now, there was a Yale student, by the way, um, I know you guys probably saw this, where the um, the person was sleeping, the black woman who was sleeping, and they called Yale police on her, the black grad student, for falling asleep in the common area. I don't I know if you guys yeah, saw, saw Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it was 15 minutes of really uncomfortable conversation. But I, I want to say this about that story. Um, um, anybody who's been in college who had run-ins with the police, we all had those long conversations, 15 minutes of talking about nothing. And that's what it was. She had the she had the key to her room, and they were like, we need to make sure you're a student here. Really unnecessary, just because a white woman called. And I know there's plenty of other stories we'll probably talk about on next show that happened this week with black folks having to deal with People calling the police unnecessary because there's a lot of good memes out there. But uh, we won't do that yep. on this show. I know I had limited time left. And, um, oh, you know, Sorry. go ahead, Jay. No, 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 I was going to say, say we, we, we have time for two more, sir. <sighs> okay. All right. So I'll say this one. You know, well, um, one more. I mean, you tell me. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I can do two. I can do two. I'm going to do one really okay. quickly. Okay. okay. They said that men who okay. show off or flaunt their wealth, are seen as poor potential for long-term relationships. So celebrities who fast their wealth may fail to impress women. That's according to a new study from the University of Buffalo. And, you know, here's another uh, the last story. I know I usually do some kind of bad stories at the end, but this is perplexing to me. Russia is having their first sex robot um, brothel opening ahead of the World Cup <laughs> to try to get fans. Okay. <laughs> I know people are sick as <laughs> shit out. It's called uh, the Dollhouse. Uh, it's loaded. It's, it's located in Moscow's business district. Guests can choose from a range of robots, and it costs them about eighty dollars American an hour. People, we got some sick puppies. See. It is not we just have some us. Sick people. <laughs> no. See, sometimes we just gotta oh laugh and crying in this piece. <sighs> you, you know yeah. what? Hey, that is well said, Jerome. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, uh, Mr. <laughs> Spree, uh, thank you so much for once again bringing down the house. On that note. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, we're going to have to give Jackie something to tweet about Because I know the live listening audience didn't hear that piece They need to go back and listen So we'll get with Jackie 
let her post it out there on social media. Just that piece alone. Forget the whole show. Just come in and listen to that <laughs> part that. of the show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're in overtime. But as always, we still do things the right way and by the book. And it's time for our final thoughts. And uh, ladies, our first, Vanessa Maybelli, uh, you are up. Your final thoughts. My final thoughts are, <clears throat> excuse me, I am praying for, first and foremost, the country. The next one is I am praying for those young kids who looked back running at the Santa Fe in Texas high school and saw their friends shot down behind them because they were running. They looked back. Their friend was on the ground. Shot. Dead. Gone. I pray for them. I pray for the people that I help pay taxes over in Hawaii. God bless y'all with all of that lava flowing. Please go ahead and leave if y'all are listening. You know I pay taxes over there, Jay. Anyway, (laughs) and I want to send a shout out to the first black no, I'm not. The time shelf. First Black Duchess. Smooches and kisses to you. Congratulations and many blessings and luck going to her being a biracial over at the palace. That's all I got to say. Y'all have a good week. Thank you. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Street, Final Thoughts. All right. So since we talked about laws, I, I didn't tell this story because this is in court. But, you know, there's a fight for um, – Car safety, it landed in D.C. Circuit Court on Wednesday where two nonprofits are um, asking the appeals court to force the Department of Transportation to get moving on making a seatbelt warning system mandatory for backseat passengers. Now, I think this is a bit much that you have to get people in the backseat to wear a seatbelt because I don't like seatbelt laws generally. But I can just tell you that is a bit much. So... In my stance today about saying when you have too many laws, they're just excuses to harass people, I think that's another one that does the same thing. So with that being said, everybody have a good week, and I'll holla. All right. And uh, Mr. Elias is not here, but uh, well wishes for him as always. You know, I don't know where to start because I have so many thoughts. I make up. I make up when I do my final thoughts. They're usually right off the cuff. There, there's no thought put in, into them. It's just whatever's on my mind at the time. But that's brought up something that was very interesting about what we saw this past weekend with the union of uh, uh, Megan and uh, Harry. You know, the thing is, is that you saw this just majestic ceremony, right? Pomp and ceremonies. I mean, just pomp and circumstances. You saw all the gravitas of England and the royal family and all those different things. But then you also saw a little bit of us in there. You heard the gospel choir singing as they approached the church to make that ride to, well, to, the, to the castle. You, 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 you saw, you heard the bishop, Bishop Curry, uh, give his, uh, his uh, speech uh, during the wedding. And you saw, you know, it was almost as if they were a little uncomfortable when they was watching and hearing these things. It went way yeah. away from... Traditional and standards To be included and be more modern So I'm going to say kudos to Prince Harry I know him and Barack Obama Are very good friends And I know that they're making plans to meet the Obamas uh, Here very soon And anytime there's someone out there That's trying to carry the torch for social change I am all in 
regardless whether they're black, white, green, or yellow. I just want to say, hey, we appreciate everybody's effort in the fight. Let's continue to do this because this country and this world is heading in the wrong direction. And under this orange president that we have, we damn sure better unite our forces and try to get out here and stop this nonsense that's going on. And on that note, Jerome, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? Time for the serious side of the J. Rao show. Listen to the hip hop in his voice. All right, so thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Vanessa, my man, Jerome. Always, brother, big up. We're still the answer. God bless. And remember, if it is Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless everybody. We'll see you back here next week. Bless you. Have a good weekend. Bye, y'all. Bye. Jerome with that swag. All right, guys, take care. <laughs> yeah.